Welcome to 13 Days of Halloween. Wow. <laughs> that was uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Hannibal Lecter is on the podcast today. Census taker once tried to test me. He was very nice and I let him go on his way. It was a, but it was a fun encounter, really, overall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so scary. So perfect for this uh, episode of 13 Days of Halloween. We're, we're talking about horror as metaphor and we are joined by Kelly's longtime friend, Josh Vermont. Am I pronouncing that right? You absolutely are. Yes. And it's a wonderful uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. So Kelly, what is, what is this episode or this mini-sode about today? Uh, today we are talking about horror as metaphor, but uh, first fun fact, uh, Josh and I met when we were working together at Hollywood Video where he liked to sneak up behind me and do the Hannibal Lecter voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Forgot that I did that to you. Wow. You did it many times. You like to be scared a lot. I do, but not so much in that way. (laughs) Like, don't sneak up on me and quote a serial killer. Like, I I don't like it. Well, okay. In fairness, it could have been worse. I could have done Pennywise and really messed with you. Fair. Except back then, I guess I didn't know what Pennywise sounded like. So Yeah. Good times. Good times. For me, Uh, not much for you. (laughs) (laughs) but anyway uh one of the one of the things that I love most about horror and I think Josh would agree with me is the way that really good horror is also about other things uh for example Night of the Living Dead is about racism Dawn of the Dead is consumerism and uh the new Candyman has so many layers um so uh if if you have not even seen a poster uh the tagline for it is say his name which is obviously evocative of the uh you know say his name say her name campaign for um uh black people basically unarmed black people murdered by police Mm -hmm. or otherwise right um but oh sorry go ahead no just that's that's actually a really good catch i hadn't uh put that together but i definitely should have so can you tell me anything about the new Candyman that like helps because like I haven't seen it and I won't because I'm a scaredy cat <laughs> but I am intrigued by this so is Candyman still the villain or is it more complicated um, a, oh go ahead John. no uh, after you finally <laughs> um it's a lot more complicated than that in the original which came out in 92 Um, It was, we learned that Candyman is a person um, who, a, a black, a black man, basically, who fell in love with a wealthy white man's daughter, and she loved him back, she got pregnant, the dad not super pleased, and basically, he and a bunch of his friends murdered him, like tortured and murdered him. And in this one, um, Candyman is not just one person. Um, it's basically every unarmed black man killed by police or lynched. Oh, so it's 
it's basically an ongoing thing. Wow. If I can kind of add to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that really, because it is a franchise, obviously, and this is, I guess, the fourth one. Uh, yeah. And it, again, like saying, you know, is he still the bad guy? Like, he's been a monster kind of through the first three, but in some ways, uh, not exactly a bad guy in the same yeah. way. Uh, yeah. Dracula was not really a, a bad guy so much as the sort of doomed, harf, horrific lover kind of a thing, it's sort of cursed really. Yeah. And so that's a big element of it, uh, that he's been sort of sympathetic, but also the fact that like, yeah, to uh, kind of expand on what Kelly was saying, these first three movies were about the original Daniel Robitaille uh, character played by Tony Todd, who became the sort of monster of the piece. And this really did, as she said, expand on it and kind of uh, show that Candyman is not an individual. Candyman is a curse and it's a legacy and it's the same horror perpetuating itself generation after generation in the same way that you could say that about the crow. So it was kind of taking it in a, a, a great direction that makes it, I think, accessible for people who've never seen a Candyman movie uh, or even a horror movie to be able to sit down and still connect with this. See, now I want to watch it based on what you guys are saying, but I would be so scared. You would, because it's a, it's a terrifying movie. But yeah. it's also, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that it, ends up culturally kind of transcending in the way that the exorcist or the shining yeah. where people or Rosemary's baby people who don't consider themselves horror fans. Again, I think this film could, could cross that barrier and still speak to them, become a cultural event in the way those did. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, another thing that I think is really interesting is the 92 one is I think progressive for its time, but it's also told from the perspective of Helen Lyle, who's played by um, Virginia Madsen. And the filmmakers are white. And this time the filmmakers are black and it's told from like a black man's perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a very different thing. And it was kind of necessary back then to, you know, that the audience probably wouldn't have uh, been as responsive to it back then, unfortunately, or at least that's what the studios would be telling themselves. Yeah. So naturally you would need to present that through a white perspective, but yeah, it changes the game completely to, uh, yeah. you know, have the story told by the people who should be telling it. Yeah. Well, I mean, people under the stairs, which was done by Wes Craven, who, who was white, but um, I don't think that did very well, did it? And that, that features like black, like a black family. That's in true. a gentrifying neighborhood. Yeah, and that was sort of the lesser, you know, film in terms of cultural impact, uh, ultimately, to something like Last House on the Left. And it's a shame because it was trying something new and different and to appeal to a different audience. But I mean, again, I, you know, I hate to say audiences weren't ready for it, but it seems like they didn't really take to it or maybe it just wasn't marketed properly, you know? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I kind of feel like for Wes Craven, and sorry, I feel like we've... <laughs> We've taken a little a little side journey. Um, I'm following you, Cal. <laughs> all about the tangents. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I like to meander. But, um, I mean, I feel like with Wes Craven, people really only wanted Freddy or Ghostface. Which isn't um, fair, but, you know. They certainly didn't want a feel-good movie with uh, Meryl Streep from him, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, you can news for you, because there was one, Music of the Heart. Uh, belly flop in a sundress at the box office. I mean, yeah, nobody saw uh, it. Uh, it, it bombed hideously, um, but it's out there. 
And if you'd like to see what happens when Wes Craven follows his heart instead of his wallet, (laughs) that'll give you that. Nice. But Um, um, go ahead, Pat. uh, Kelly, you said there was another movie that you think gets to the, the idea of horror as metaphor really well. Get Out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. It was like well, it's not here, but okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. Get out. <laughs> Thank you, Kel. Thank you for setting that up for me. <laughs> Anytime. Um, but yeah, it, and that was even nominated for Best Picture and Best Actor. And I want to say Jordan Peele might have won Best Screenplay. But I he didn't he should have and it's worth no. yeah you know that that was sort of a game changer of a film in terms of uh, you know introducing black horror in a way that was very different and to a, a different audience I mean because before now it was probably would have been considered niche and white mm-hmm. people went out in droves to see that to see us I did um, see I did see Get Out. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So once we've got a movie that transcends to people who ordinarily would be like, "No, I'm not watching a horror film. Are you insane?" Right, (laughs) kind of a thing. And then you've also got the fact that it's sort of launched Jordan Peele as an auteur, which was shocking because he was a sketch comedian and Mm -hmm. and he went, you know, he was the producer, obviously, on Candyman. So I mean, all sort of like it's this movie wonderful to watch. You know, there was um, I, I there. I just finished listening to the audiobook of Black Nerd Problems and they did a whole essay on Jordan Peele. And it was really interesting because I didn't know everything that he's done. And they like went through his whole like career and everything that he's done. And he really like he is has a lot of talent in a lot of different genres and areas. And it's really impressive. He does. And also because he has a comedy background. I mean, comedy and horror, they just, they go together because they're about uh, social satire and comedy er, and uh, commentary yeah. uh, so much of the time. So, I mean, that, that gives him that great brushstroke uh, through all of his work, you know, including this one. I mean, there's a lot of humor in Candyman too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but I mean, it's so terrifying. <laughs> um, he, I just looked it up. He did indeed win for best original screenplay at the Academy Award for Get Out. So good. The world is right again. <laughs> Um, one thing I love, so um, he is actually married to Chelsea Peretti, who was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Gina Linetti. She oh. is white. I would love to know what her family thinks when they saw that movie, because like <laughs> he did say that part of it was based on his experience. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're not anywhere near as horrible as the people in Get Out, but... well. Um, so fun fact, uh, so Dorian saw Get Out first and then he was like, we need to go see this together. And also, by the way, it's about a black man who goes to visit his white girlfriend's family. They drive (laughs) to her family's home somewhere north of the city they live in. They, there's a lot of trees and snow and there's two bedrooms connecting with a small door (laughs) in the movie. And just like Rachel's dying because my fa- parents also live somewhere in the north, surrounded by a lot of trees with a door connect small, this like weird small door that looks like a secret passageway. <laughs> I was like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> oh gosh. He's like, but luckily that's where <laughs> the similarities end. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, okay, good. Oh. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, um, I understand Josh and Kelly, you two are starting a new podcast about horror movies. Is yes. this like are, is this a preview of what we're gonna <laughs> hear on that podcast? Uh yes, most certainly. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we are definitely going to be doing it. I'm the last uh, person in the civilized universe, apparently, who doesn't have a podcast. And you so are. We've been talking podcast. about you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, it's basically Invasion of the Body Snatchers at this point. I just got to give it. <laughs> so, uh, but also, I mean, what more? What could possibly be more fun? I, Kel and I have known each other for about 25 years now. And she's the one who, you know, kind of shepherded me into the whole horror thing. So, uh, you know, what could be uh, better than to, uh, you know, see a lot of movies that we haven't seen that are gaps yeah. in, our, in our background and get to see them together and comment on them. It's going to be a, a tremendous amount of fun. Now, see, here's the thing, though. I, I thought that was true. You know, I, I considered it like our friendship origin story that I got you into scary movies. And I found out very recently that that's actually not entirely true. Well, it was kind of it was your dad who showed you The Exorcist. Ah, but I saw Scream first because what had happened was that uh, you know since you and I were you know working together and you were a horror fan already, you know it all kind of came together because I've been so terrified of horror films my whole life, and uh, I couldn't even stand in the horror section and look at the boxes without getting creeped out. I was that much of a wuss. They're scary, and, uh, though, those covers, yeah. some of them. And, but, you know, part of working at a video store is you got to clean the shelves. And so, like, <laughs> you know, face-to-face with these things, and I read the back of the boxes and start to, you know. It, my father used to say, uh, we want the things that we fear. And ultimately, you reach out for them. Uh, and so that was sort of part of it, of just, like, being tired of being afraid of this nonsense and just wanting to, to delve into it, you know, and you were a big part of that, Cal, because, you know, again, you kind of pointed me in the right direction, uh, you know, gave me like the entire Stephen King starter pack from your own collection of books. And, uh, you know, so yeah, that was also a, also a basis in that as well. You know, And then my father showed me the exorcist because he said, you know, well, if you want to see a movie, but again, he wasn't a horror fan. That was just of his generation. That was the film, you know, you think horror, you think exorcist. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it is going to be called uh, Press Play and Scream. Yes, it is. <laughs> and our our first episode will uh, be dropping soon. And we actually, probably by the time this comes out, you will be able to listen to it. Oh, really? And, All right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can release it on our feed so everyone can. I would love that. Thank you. Uh, anything helps. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so we're going to be going to the Scream re-release. So we're going to be... Uh, having a conversation about that and expanding yep. a bit more about our, you know, relationships with uh, horror, both together and separately. Yeah. And uh, then the week after that, we're doing the Halloween double feature, right? Oh, we're doing, I'm so happy. We're doing <laughs> Halloween kills and then we're going to do yeah. the one from 2018 and we're going to have uh, Cooper Beckett, who's a published author. Yep. Uh, is going to be our guest. So we're really, really excited. It's, it's, it's going to be a great time. Oh, that's so great. Yes. Well, everyone go and subscribe to Press Play and Screen Kelly and Josh's new podcast. And Hannibal Lecter, could you sign us off for this mini-sode? Well, Clarice, now I've given you all you need to know about what you need to watch at the cinema. Whether you choose to or not is up to you. You must follow your heart, Clarice, and lambs will never stop screaming.